So I want to welcome everybody to our uh, two-year anniversary special uh, service, and it, by all means, clap. Um, it's hard to believe that, uh, and some of you guys were here, we were going back looking through the pictures this week, and uh, 49 people on our first Sunday, and everybody that either had my last name or was related to me was there, and some of our guys the same way. And um, it's, it's been so cool to see what God's done. Um, even just worship this morning was so fantastic. And um, just, just to see the potential that God has um, for this place, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Um, but a couple cool things that I want to celebrate with you guys before I get started in my message is um, we've seen 58 people get baptized in two years, and we've seen over 120 people get saved. And that, listen, growing is awesome and we obviously it's our goal to grow but it's not our goal to grow so like people start knowing about our church but so that we can reach the least the lost and the lonely with the gospel so that many people can find out about the name of Jesus that we just that we just sang about and we just raised our hands about and we just worshiped about it is not an emotional thing it is a truth that lives within us and that is why we're celebrating today it's not about something that we've done because um, <laughs> in just a minute you're gonna find out how screwed up I am when I give you this message today. So believe me, today is not a celebration of Mark or our staff. And I love those guys and those girls that, are, that work so hard for us and our volunteers, but we are all screw-ups. And the only difference between us and people out there is Jesus. And that's who we celebrate today, and that's why we're so excited. So today is uh, part three of our series called Chains. And um, if, you, if today's your first time in this series, you can see the chains behind us and... Um, the whole series is about uh, what Paul said to the people of Galatia when he wrote a letter to Galatians. And uh, the first two weeks, we did Galatians 1, the beginning of Galatians 5. And so I just want to give you one more time a little bit of background. Paul was writing this letter after he had made his second trip to Galatia. He had seen the church start. And his very first trip, he was really excited because people were getting saved. And then on the second trip, he was frustrated because people had begun to turn away from what they knew was the truth. And they had stepped back from the truth. And just being honest in the room today, that is many of us that are here. Like a lot of you have heard the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is Lord, that he came and died on the cross, that it, if you trust him as Savior, you can have freedom in Christ. And that's what this whole sermon series is about, is breaking these chains that bind us up and being free from them. And we know the truth. But like living the truth is something totally different. And I think that's why Paul, in frustration, but in love, wrote this letter and said, listen, listen, freedom can happen for all of you, but you've got to do these certain things. And you've got to let the Holy Spirit do these certain things in your life. And so last week we talked about the things that entangle us, right? The, the things that get all over us that sometimes they're not bad, by the way. Like the things that bother us, that it's, it's any roadblock that keeps my, me from fixing my eyes on Jesus and making him the priority of our lives. But today we're going to shift to the sin. Because Hebrews 12.1 says the things and the sin that entangle us are what keeps us from Jesus and keeps us from fixing our eyes on him. And so today we're going to get rid of those chains. And I'm just going to tell you, um, I believe that today is going to be one of the most powerful days in the history of our church. Up to this point... There's been some awesome days. There's been some days that I've laid an egg and duds. But listen, if the Holy Spirit moves, that doesn't matter. But like today, I just believe it, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, we've, we've had this idea, and I'm going to 
show it to you now, but explain it to you during the service. But everybody got one of these, and you don't have to use them yet, so you don't have to pull them out. I'm not going to ask you to do your, uh, what you're going to be actively doing with me during the service. But we, when we had this idea to use these, we began to really pray that God would use them. And um, then on uh, Friday night, uh, a couple of us prayed over every chair, every single chair. We walked around the stage and walked around the whole campus and, and, and I want you to know that by name as many people as we could remember we prayed for you but we prayed for every single one of you where you're sitting in your chair because this is what I believe. Many chains are getting broken today. Many people's lives are going to change. I do not care. Listen to me very carefully. I do not care what your background is. I do not care what your job is, where you come from or what you look like. Because everyone, what I'm going to ask you to do with these sticks, everyone is the same. Everyone is the same. Now they look all different. We look all different, right? I am six foot four, 270 pounds, which is rather large. And some of y'all are itty bitty. But when we stand together and we have these in front of us, which represent what this is in our lives, it's, we're all the same. There is literally no different in how much we are chained. It's just Jesus is the only thing that separates us. And the reason that we begged God this week to move in the worship, back there with your children, in the parking lot, in every place was not so that we get glory, but so that your lives are freed in Christ. Because, because I've talked to many of you, like face to face or on the phone, and I know how difficult your life is right now. I know what you're facing in your marriage right now. I know what you're facing at home right now, and I know the turmoil since we came up and prayed. You have to be careful what you do because Satan attacks. The turmoil we've been in since Friday, it's crazy. I know what life is like when it sucks because it's difficult. And I'm not going to fix all your problems today. I'm not going to get you out of financial difficulties, but what I can tell you is you can walk out of here with freedom that you have never experienced before, or if you have, if you've trusted Jesus, a fresh and a new, a freedom that is only found in Christ. So will you pray with me today? God, as we look at, uh, as we look at Ephesians, um, excuse me, as we look at Galatians chapter 5 and um, just dive into your word, I pray that like only you can, that you'll break us, that you'll break us and make us new. Because Jesus if we truly experience a move of your Holy Spirit, we will never be the same again. And that's what I'm asking you to do today is, God, just break our hearts. Help us have freedom that only happens when you break us of the chains that we're caught up in. We love you, Jesus. I am so excited about what I believe you're going to do. We claim the victory that we believe is already here. Fill this place today. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Galatians 5, but if you don't, um, it'll be on the screen. And um, I'm very excited. I want to give you two points today, but in order to give you those two points, I have to give you the first point, so there's really three. So I want to give you, I want to give you two points today, and, and it's this. We all fall into two categories. We all fall into two categories, my will or his will. And you have to ask yourself, which one, which category am I in? And, and by my will and his will, this is another way that I could have put it, flesh or spirit, because that's the way Paul worded it. Flesh or spirit. So which one are you? are you? Are you a flesh person or are you a spirit person? And by the way, all of us, if we're a Christian, if you're the person in here that would say, I am saved, I've, I've met Jesus, I've asked him to come in my heart, all of us would say, I'm a spirit person, obviously, duh. But 
I'm just going to tell you, I haven't been a very good spirit person this week. And I really struggle with that. What, letting him have complete control of my life and letting and not trying to be in charge and gracious, I made a mess of it, especially the last 48 hours, I made a mess of it. Just complete and total mess. I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. But uh, Galatians chapter 5, I don't know why I keep saying Ephesians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, starting in verse 16. Y'all follow along with me. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So how, how, do, we, how do we not struggle and fall by walking with the Spirit? For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep from doing, excuse me, to keep from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so listen, this is what I think Paul is saying is, is there's no way you can be led by the Spirit and led by the flesh. Or, let me translate it into my terminology, you cannot be in charge and also have the Spirit leading you at the same time. And, and, and that is every person's battle in here. And I don't care if you stand up and say, bless God, Mark, I know what you're going to say is true, but this is not how I struggle. No, it is. It, everyone, all of us, period, struggle with wanting to have control of our lives and not wanting him to have control. And, and Satan doesn't have to start you in these horrible sins. He just has to start you making you believe that you're okay and you can handle it. Or, or you're good enough, like, like Eve. It, you will not surely die if you eat this fruit, so, so you're okay. Why don't you try this? And that's what we do every day is the fruit is there for us, and we say we will not surely die. And when I was a little kid, my mom would tell this story, and it was so corny, and um, bless her heart. So, but it, we always got this, uh, she, she was like, whenever I would act like an idiot, and I got spankings, by the way. We, we believe in spanking our kids, so if you don't like that, it's okay. You might see me beat my kids someday, and I'm, it's going to be on the bottom, though, no big deal. But... Uh, uh, we believe that that is how you discipline the right way and always tell them. We, we, but I got a spanking, I'm pretty sure, well over in excess of, I don't know, I feel like this is a low estimation, but over a thousand spankings in my life. And I know that's shocking to y'all. Let's keep the applause down. But um, well over a thousand spankings. And she would always give me this talk like, okay, you either feed the good or the bad, right? Y'all have heard this before, you feed the good or the bad, and you are feeding the bad. And I'd look at her and say, you're kidding. I, I just got a spanking. I thought I was feeding the good, right? And so we, and y'all have probably heard this. You see the angel and the devil on the shoulder, right? And it's like, the devil made me do it. So, I mean, we always look at that stuff and we're like this, but, but I was trying to think of an example that really, like, caught my attention. And this is the example that I had, okay? I have two kids, some of y'all have met him. Haston uh, is 19 months old, and he has yet to stop since he got out of Leah. I mean, it is freaking crazy. When he couldn't move, he was moving somehow. Th that joker, he eats and he grunts. Like, uh, 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 he takes a bite. If we don't strap him in, I'm not joking, uh, 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 takes a bite. Y'all have seen it, right? Some of you have seen it, and he takes a bite, and then he keeps going. And it's like, bro. And Laney... It's just like, I look at Leah sometimes, and if y'all leave for this comment, y'all don't have kids. But I look at Leah sometimes and say, I just want to choke him because he will never stop and he gets into everything and he throws my stuff away and I can't find my Apple TV remote and oh my goodness, I just want to go nuts. I, but I know y'all have never felt that way, so that's good. Y'all forgive me. But he never stops. And like, Lainey was the opposite. I could just tell Lainey something and she, yes, daddy. And she melted because she loves her daddy 
and she's scared. Haston is not scared at all. Like you discipline Haston, he goes, Ugh. and I'm like, what is that? Where did you get that from? And then I remember it was me. But I, but I, listen. When 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 Lainey gets dirty, y'all ready? When Lainey gets dirty, this is this is what she does. She'll get her hands in the dirt and she'll go, Ugh, "Mommy," and she'll freak out. She's five, but she cannot stand being dirty. Now she plays outside all the time. She loves playing outside, but as soon as she's dirty, she gets like the weird. Assume the position thing, and oh, I need to wash my hands. And sometimes she gets dirty, but immediately she goes and cleans up because she hates it. If Haston sees a mud puddle, y'all just go ahead and take a guess what happens, right? We going in, we head first, he gone, because that's, that's, what, that's what Haston does. And it, I just look at him and go, how can these two people have the same DNA running through their body because, my goodness, they couldn't be more different. Well, that is, that is what we look like if we're spirit-led or if we're flesh-led, if we're my will or his will. See, all of us have to evaluate ourselves and ask this question. When sin comes into our lives, is it something that we get excited about and grunt and go jump in head first, or is it something that we go, oh my gosh, it's all over my hands and I hate it. I am breaking Jesus' heart. I hate this. God, clean me up. Because all of us are in it. This week, there's not a person that is in this room or watching online that has not been in sin, and more than likely, there's not been an hour. Like, I don't, I don't know if human beings can go more than moments without sinning just because of our thought lives alone and because our hearts are so far from God. But when we are in sin, what are we doing? Because we have two decisions to make, my will or his will. And every time that I look at Look at that picture of, of my kids. And by the way, I don't think like Hastings the Antichrist and Laney's awesome, but it, it's troubling because of what Scripture says right here. My will. Number two, y'all ready? My will. My will. This is, what, this is what Paul says after he gives us this opening statement on, on what sin looks like and what spirit looks like. This is what he tells us. And, and a lot of times people take this out of context, but it is very clear what it means. And this is why I believe God's going to change people um, this morning is because I believe there's people sitting under my voice right now that you have lied to yourself your entire life. Because sin is not something that you flee from and run from. It is something that you're excited about when you wake up in the morning. You can't wait to go get into sin. It is not something that you have conviction of. That is not the same as guilt, by the way. Guilt comes from Satan. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit because you know you're breaking God's heart and you don't want to be in that anymore. Well, the question I have to ask myself is which one am I? First one is my will. Now the works, continuing in Galatians 5, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, which by the way, when you see that word, the sorcery comes from the original word pharmakia, which means drug use. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when we hear this, we think, holy crap, I've done some of these this week, right? I'm this week, in the last 24 hours. Like on the way this morning, <laughs> Stanford and I were driving to church, and... Um, a person pulled out on me, 
near his house, and it was idiotic what the person did. And so me being filled with the Holy Spirit, I just let them, I waved them through and passed them a card to four points on the way and said, to God be the glory. I am so spirit-filled this morning. God is going to change lives, right? No. Just because I can, I honked the horn and I'm through my arms up. There was no point. As soon as I did it, I was like, that's awesome. You showed Stanford the love of Jesus this morning. Way to go, Mark. That you are spirit-led. I did feel bad about it, but I mean, the anger, like, that is just a ridiculous small picture of my life every day of how I know I should act and how I actually do act. It's like, that's awesome. Way to be awesome. Because two weeks from now, I'll see that same dude in the restaurant and be like, Gee, oh, you're the guy that honked at me for no reason. Thanks. See, I... This is where I, I brought my sticks out. Y'all can look at them. I'm not going to ask you to do anything with them yet, but I went ahead and filled mine out, what I'm going to ask you to do. I don't know if you can see that because it's not big because <clears throat> I didn't put one cent on there. I listed four this morning, and there's many more. Um, but, like, no ones are different because this is what sin looks like. Um, sin is what... Paul describes this chains. They entangle us. This what gets all over us and keeps us from a right relationship with God. And some of us are in sins like lying that we stretch the truth and that's one of mine. Like how many people were in church today? And I said 200. Well, there's really 195. But like I'm sure we miss five people. Well, that's not lying, is it? Because we're just rounding up. And it's a sin. Now it's an acceptable sin because like what Jerry Sandusky did to those little kids, like all of us are disgusted by that. Right? Like we know those are bad. And so we look at those and his sins aren't shiny. His sins are filthy. See, my sins are shiny. They don't look that bad. And his sins are disgusting. Like I'm, I'm grossed out by murder. Right? Who would do such a thing? Or by any of those things. Like these things listed in here. I, don't, I just gossip. Like I just talk to my friends and it's really in a prayer request for them. Bless their hearts. Let's pray for them. But like these horrible big sins. These are the rusty, ugly sins. Like those are the sins that those are nasty. Listen, the consequences for sin are different, but the truth of the matter is those rusty sins or my pretty sins that I can hide, I call them respectable sins. Like you can just sweep them under the rug and you never find out about them because I can do them when no one sees me. They all lead to the same place, which is destruction and separation from God. I, here's mine. I put lust down. I told y'all a couple months ago, I'm not excited about this, but um, it is a struggle for me to go one day without having an improper thought go through my mind. One day. Some of y'all are outraged by that. You can't believe the pastor would say that. I, I don't like that the pastor has to say that. That's just my chains. It is a struggle of mine that I put up barriers all over the place. If you tried to get on a pornographic website in this in this church right now, you, you get the same blocks that we get. Why do we put that up? Because obviously we don't want children to look at that one, but I'm here all week long and I don't want to struggle with that. Because lust is one of my issues that I am enchained with and outside of Jesus Christ, I am buried in my sin. I fight really hard. I tell my wife, I tell my friends I need help. We have an accountability group that we talk about it, but it is a massive struggle of mine. Anger. 
and they tend to build on each other. I don't know if y'all have faced this, but it tends to be when I'm struggling in one area, then the, the next ones get worse, but anger. Like last night, very rarely do Leah and I fuss. We, we get along pretty well. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves, <laughs> but we, we don't fight a whole lot. And last night, we just had a blow up <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Literally, I'm going to Nicaragua this afternoon, and it was over the stupidest little things that you can imagine. But it is because I allow my spirit to be in control, and I just pop off at the mouse and say stuff that I wish I hadn't, and I lose my temper. And then I honk the horn at people going beside me, and I am not spirit-led in those moments. And y'all don't know that, right? So that's pretty changed, because I can just go to bed and say, Lord, forgive me, and it's a blanket prayer, and everything's good, and I don't have to be led by the spirit. Then my pride. My pride is something that I struggle with um, basically every day of my life. And it's not pride like I think I'm awesome at preaching because I'm very realistic on where I am with that. Um, it's not pride on thinking that I'm hot because <laughs> I'm very realistic where I think I am with that. It's just thinking I can be the man and be in charge. It's thinking that I have a fix for everything and it honestly probably is the thing that keeps me from being greatly used by God more than anything else. It's such a struggle. And I hate it. I'm disgusted with it. Because I know what I could be if I just let Jesus have full control of my life, and yet I continue to get in the mud. And then the last, I already told you lying, I wrote those four down, and I could have this filled up on both sides with no room to ride and have to ride on the sides. I can tell you that I'm saved, and this is one reason that I know for sure, is because I'm disgusted by my sins. It's not something that I want to go into. I don't wake up in the morning and say, and I hope I can be myself led this morning and not be led by the Spirit and be greatly used by God. I hope that I can just be full of these because, man, these really help people. You know, like... People's lives are changed because of lust and lying and pride and anger. Man, those things, who doesn't want to hang out with Mark, right? Who doesn't get helped by that? And the goal today is not that I won't be Mark anymore. Listen, I want you all to make sure you understand this. For the rest of my life, I will struggle in these areas. The question is not will I struggle in these areas. The question is will I put Jesus where he should be and let these chains be broken. Get rid of the bondage and throw them down. That is the goal today, is that I get rid of the junk and put Jesus in the place that he should be because there's not a magic wand that I can wave over you guys and say, you're free, <laughs> awesome, you're welcome. Y'all make sure you buy the dust on the way out the door and put it on yourself every day. There's no magic, there's just simply submission from my will to his will, and that's the second one. From my will to his will, and that has to be what takes place. It has to be his will. And this is, this is what it looks like if I'm free. This is what it looks like if I'm free in Christ, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. So how does that happen? Like how do I get those things? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified my will, the flesh, with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus 
break the chains. I don't care in your life. Listen, I know there's all kinds of people in here, all kinds. There's all kinds of personalities. There's all kinds of sins. There's people that have had abortions. I've talked to some of you. I know some of you have, and you're embarrassed by that. I killed a baby. I can't believe I did that. But guess what? I lied this week. I lusted this week. Within the last 24 hours, I showed my anger to Stanford, who's a senior in high school, and my wife. And so I know some of you came in with these nasty, dirty chains that you would never want to see anybody put down. You're so embarrassed by the things that you've done in the past, but if, you're, if you've messed with kids or you've done anything that disgusts us in society, God looks at you and says, no, listen, listen, you're my child, I love you. I just want you to put the picture up. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, that's how my chains are broken. He who knew no sin became sin so that I could be given the right to be called the righteousness of God. What does that mean? It means that, that God sent His Son to take the place of my sin so that in my worst struggles, I could be free. And there's some people in here, man, y'all are struggling. Like I just understand. Y'all are struggling. And I'm just telling you this morning, y'all can be freed from it. But you're not going to be freed if you come up and shake my hand and think that I'm going to do anything for you because I'm not going to do anything for you. I can give you advice that I think hopefully is good advice, but the truth of the matter is the only way that you can have victory in your life is with that, with Jesus, letting him free you. Listen to what Romans chapter 8 says. This is also Paul talking to another group of people. And I love this. I wrote it in the, or I put it down in the New Living Translation because this is what it says. And your chains, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living, of, excuse me, of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death, all of us like sheep have gone astray and all of us have sin that leads to death, but that is what gives me life, that Jesus came and died the worst death ever. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. All of us are weak. So God did what the law could not do, he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fulfilled, excuse me, would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Listen, is that you? When people look at you, do they say, that guy, that guy, that lady, that person, 
they follow the Spirit. It is obvious to me that they are followers of Jesus Christ based on what they've done with Him today. Because this is what the, this is what the My Will part says. If you're like Haston, and you get up in the morning, you can't wait to get dirty. I am telling you, based on Paul's words and the authority of the Holy Spirit, you are not saved. If sin is something that you so desire that you can't wait to go get it, and it is pleasurable for a season. But if it is something that you get up and you say, I can't wait to do this, and the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you for this, then you've never met Him. There is power when the chains are broken. It is evident to every person. And there is no person in the room that don't need their chains broken today. This is the question, where are you? Are you a person that has never met Jesus? Because I know there's people in the room like that and you may have been like me as a little kid. You knew the right answers and you meant it. Like you, you, you really thought you knew what you were doing but not till I was a teenager did I really understand what I had done and what I deserved and what He did for me and I gave my life to Jesus. Some of you are in that place right now and if you met Jesus right now and He said, why should you come in? You would say, because I did good things. And we say, no, there's no good thing enough that you can do because you're, you deserve hell. You didn't trust me as Savior. You didn't give over your chains. You depart from me, I don't know you. And there's some people in here that need to get saved. And listen, everyone else in here, here's the deal. This is why we ask you to have your stick this morning, is we want you to write your, your sins down that you struggle with. If you are embarrassed, you are in the wrong church because it doesn't matter if your sins are clean and respectable or the worst sins ever. That is why He died. There is, there is, no sin that is outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. No horrible person. No person that comes to your mind is outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. And we want to give you an opportunity this morning while the band comes up and sings, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. We want to give you an opportunity this morning to come up here and on this rug right now to let Jesus Christ break your chains. As a group, we want you to come up here. And so as we come, will you bow your head with me right now? I'm asking for every person to respond. If you sit where you are, we certainly will not be mad, but I'm asking every person to respond right now in this way. The first way. Mark, I am absolutely certain. I want you to, to raise your hand in just a second. I am absolutely certain that even though I sin, there's no doubt about that. That the Holy Spirit has saved me from my sins. I don't want to follow sin in my life when I do sin. I have conviction from the Holy Spirit. I know that I know that I know that I know there's no doubt in my mind that I'm saved. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand so high it feels like it's going to come out of socket. Raise your hands high. Thank you. You can put them down. Listen. Every person that didn't raise their hand, I'm, keep your heads bowed nice closed real quickly. I just want you to look at me right now. It is not our goal to embarrass you. Every person that didn't raise your hand just now, will you look at me right now? This is your opportunity. In just a second, in just a second, a lot of people are going to come up here and they're going to break their chains while 
the band is singing. I'm inviting you right now to stand up with me if you want to get saved right now. We have people in the back. It's not our goal to embarrass you, but we want you to stand up right now. So if that's you, there were several people. Will you just stand up right now? Is anyone bold enough to say, you know what? I'm tired of living in this bondage, in this sin, and I want Jesus to save me right now. Just stand up right where you are. Stand up right where you are. If that's you, in, at any moment you can go back and talk to one of our volunteers. Everybody stand up with me right now. You can come at your own time. You can come at your own time. You can start coming right now. The band is going to sing. If you want to kneel down and pray, you can do that. If you just simply want to break your stick and throw it down and go back to your seat, this is totally you and God. And I just want you to worship with us right now. Let Jesus break the chains in your life because God wants to greatly use you. And what holds us back is my will and my pride and the things in my life that keep me and entangle me. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who with the joy set before us, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated on the right hand of God. Let's step out right now, and let's break every chain. Will you come?